Babe, will you just pray again for us? Yeah. So I, I do want to welcome everybody watching online. So thankful you're here. If you're a guest in the house or online, uh, man, we'd love to just connect with you, build a relationship. As you can see, we're not perfect, um, but we want to be real and, and, and keep it real and do this life together to do this this faith together. And um, yeah, I'm super excited about marriage conference. I'm also excited about next Saturday is Single Mom Saturday. And so we are uh, just throwing together just a, a handful of things that we want to serve. Uh, we're going to be doing Target gift cards for a bunch of single moms. We've got about over half of our registrations filled up on that just this week. And so the rest of those will get filled up. So we're going to be touching a lot of lives. And not, you know, I don't even think any of them are from our church. Like it's just amazing just touching our community. So we're super excited about that. If you're uh, a, a guy, if you're uh, a lady who knows how to check fluids in cars, check air pressure in car uh, tires. We need help uh, for that. If you want to just come and mask up and, and hand out gift cards and, and maybe even say a prayer over these single moms as they exit, that, that'll be uh, special. You can uh, see Jackie uh, as you exit. Do we have a, a sign-up sheet today or just see you? Just see Jackie uh, as you exit today, or you can email Jackie at fathomchurchjacks.com if you'd like to volunteer for that. It's from 10 to 12 this coming Saturday, so we're super excited about that. That's all because your generosity. You guys are faithful and generous, so we're able to be a blessing in our city for, to some folks who really, really need it. So, man, you guys excited to dive into the Word? Uh, you're going to want to pull out your app. You're going to want to pull out your hardcore uh, paper Bible if you've got one of those. Uh, we're going to be turning to Hebrews chapter 10 here in just a few minutes without the screens. We're going we're gonna to ride without that, uh, of course today, but last week we got kicked off on a brand new series called Above the Fog. Above the Fog, that really kind of was inspired from our time. We went to Maine uh, up in, in Acadia National Park, and we were super excited uh, to see the beautiful park, and then we got there, and it was so foggy, we couldn't see anything, and so we started praying, and we're like, hey, God, just break this fog up, and then we started driving down the road, and the skies just cleared. We had a sunroof open, the skies just cleared, and we thought our prayers were answered, but turns out we just ascended above the fog. We didn't pray the fog away. We just ascended above the fog because we got up there and we looked down and the fog was still there. We just somehow physically moved beyond the fog. But really the series what God was speaking to me is in this very foggy 2020 with all the things to distract us and frustrate us and to, to help us to not see too far ahead, right? Only today, give me this day and my daily bread, right? Not looking too far in the future, it's gotten us right in front of us, but I think what God's trying to get into our hearts over these few weeks is that our physical circumstances do not define our spiritual well-being, that just because we're in a, in a financial struggling season, just because uh, we are going through a legal battle right now, just, just because they're, they're, they're laying people off at work, just be, we can still be spiritually vibrant even as our physical circumstances are quite challenging. And this, this church here that uh, this is written to, Jewish Christians in the book of Hebrews, they were going through a really discouraging season too. I don't know if many of you just online or here in the room, you just find yourself, man, I'm just discouraged. It's just like, I'm tired of bad news. It's, it's amazing what a difference when we just hear a little bit of good news, like, oh, that feels really good. I haven't had that in a long time. So all the good news we can bring. So I want to dive into the scriptures. Um, last week, I, I, I told you there's really three kind of what I'm just calling eternal realities about who God is and what we're invited into that are revealed in this text they're kind of an, an undercurrent, a foundation for everything we're talking about through this series. And it's, it's really th that the, to get above the fog, to rise above it, to, for our trust, our boundaries of trust to, to be moved. Really, we've got to embrace the family of God, the community of God, and the, and the presence of God. And, and having all three in our life really allows us to get a different perspective. 
on our physical circumstances, to be, for our well-being, our spiritual well-being, to be thriving even when all that, but you, you take away the presence of God, and it's not the same. You take away the family of God, community with God, communion with God, then, then it's just different, and it's not the same, and, and we find ourselves discouraged. And so I didn't, you know, I, when, we got it, when I started studying this text, I, I wasn't planning on studying the exact same text for three weeks, even though I love that type of thing. Um, I, I just realized that my sermon last week was going to be three hours long, and I'm like, we can't do this. <laughs> we can't do this. So I ended up breaking it up into three 30-minute sermons, and you're getting kind of the part two of that today from the same passage um, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. So I want to look at that, and if you're one that says, hey, man, I, I actually like that. I like doing the deep dive thing. I don't know if, if that's some of you. I, I wish we could do that every week, but uh, we're actually launching a new podcast that you're going to want to subscribe to. You're going to want to uh, sub- subscribe, share, like, whatever you do with those things, wherever you find those. In the next few weeks, you'll be you're seeing some stuff on that, so you'll want to download that. It's called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Fathom Beyond Sunday, that's really just going to be some engaging conversations among our leaders, uh, just taking some of the things we're talking about, taking about, taking some of the things that we're dealing with in society that you're probably going through, and just being able to digest that in a little slower format and more conversation that I think we all really uh, engage with. So I hope you'll check that out here in the coming weeks. Let's read. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, well, that's what we looked at last week. Here's where we're picking up today. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another uh, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Man, I'm so thankful for this scripture. I really think there's three things that God wants to speak into our life about our Christian experience, about how we are to live in the world. We, we, we talked about last week that we can enter in with confidence, that that we're not strangers, we're in the family of God. We're adopted as sons and daughters, and how we enter that is through the blood of Jesus. And how do we do that? We humble ourselves to enter His presence on a daily basis, just like the high priest would lower himself and crawl up underneath that big, thick curtain. We would uh, we'd lower ourselves in humility, but not because there's a curtain. That curtain has been torn, and we have access, so we can go in with confidence. We talked about that last week, but I want to talk about how we're to live in the world with three, real, three principles, three ways we're supposed to live in this world. They're, they're very simple. Nearness, say nearness. nearness, truthfulness, say truthfulness, and faithfulness, say faithfulness. Nearness, truthfulness, and faithfulness. I see all this in verses 22 and 23. Is it 22 and 23? Yeah, verses 22 and 23 here. As it says, draw near to God with a sincere heart. Let's talk about nearness, drawing near to God. Because when you think about it, that's kind of a strange concept. Taryn was just talking about God being omnipresent. How can you draw near to someone who's omnipresent? Like... The psalmist, David, said in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee like, uh, from your presence? From, from, where can I go? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the depths, I'm there, you're there. I can't, I can't escape you, God. I mean, this is why uh, God gave us the commandment in Exodus chapter 20, all ten commandments, but one of them is don't make any idols of me. It's not because God was... Uh, opposed to you crafting things with your hands or, or having decorations in your house. No, no. He didn't want any of us to have a concept that we could enter into his presence and then we could exit his presence. He wanted very clearly for us to be aware that he sees all and he's everywhere. So when things aren't going bad, he's still there. And when he's, things are going amazing, he's, he's still there. He's omnipresent. So how do we draw near to God? James uh, chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he'll do what? Anybody know? He'll draw near to you. Draw near to you. So when I take a step, he, he takes a step. Is that how that works? If I take a step, he, he takes a step. We just get closer and closer. Oftentimes, I think when we're talking about drawing near to God, I, I think about the prodigal son. Because the prodigal son was home. He was home, and then he, and then he left home. He, he ran from home. He ran from his father. He turned his back on his father. But the father was there. The whole time, he never left. But as soon as that son swallowed his pride and started walking home, he started drawing close. You know what the father did? He ran after him. He ran after his son because God so desperately wants nearness, not in uh, the sense that I think a lot of us find ourselves, which um, we, we, this happens in our house every once in a while, particularly with these devices, like with our phones. Like we'll find ourselves, we'll put the kids down, um, and then we'll, we'll sit on the couch, and, and Taryn will be sitting on, on like the little chaise thing, and, and, uh, and, and I'm laying down, and, and I'm, I'm looking through sports Twitter, and, and she's in an oily, you know, magical place searching new recipes for oils. <laughs> y'all laugh because y'all know it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm searching project, and we'll just sit there, and we're just scrolling and stuff, and we're near. We're on the same couch. It's a big couch, but it's the same couch. We're close to each other, um, but we're not, we're not really near each other because like an hour will go by and I'll look up and I'm like, man, it's bedtime already and I haven't said anything to her in an hour. She hasn't said anything to me in an hour. I don't know if you've ever had that with somebody. You look, you look across at, at a, a group of, of, of teenagers or grandparents at a lunch table and they're all on their phone, right? It's not just teenagers. You heard me. It's just grandparents too. They'll be on their phone playing Candy Crush. You're, you like Candy Crush just like my kids like it. You know what I mean? Uh, we find ourselves, we're near to each other, but are we, are we really near? And what this scripture tells us is that, that, that Christ has made a way, God has made a way for the blood to be sprinkled right on that mercy seat that we were talking about last week, sprinkled there for our sins so that we can enter into a relationship. That's our inner man being clean so we don't have a guilty conscience. We're not constantly being like, oh, I didn't do good enough today. Ah, man, I messed up today. We're not constantly living in this shame cycle that breaks down faithfulness. But really, we're entering in with confidence, and we can come to the Father. We're drawing near to God, and, and not just physically near um, uh, or, or just uh, verbally near, but we're both. We're, 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 we're heart and body working together. I mean, that's what James was talking about. He said, faith and works are working hand in hand. Like, if we're really going to draw near, then, then like our body's going to show it. If we're really going to have faith in our actions, we'll display it in some way, shape, or form over time more faithfully and more faithfully through the power of God's Spirit. And so this is where we've got to begin. And I think what, what city is this is nearness with the family of God, community with God, harder than Jacksonville, Florida? 
Because, right, some folks love to say, we're the biggest city in America. Come on. It's like uh, sometimes people brag about, um, you know, like uh, I heard one stand-up comedian, he said, um, if you brag and say, like, I'm really good at checkers, he said, that's also saying, like, well, I'm not good at a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, we're the biggest city. Like, we don't know what else to brag on. Because it's like four Detroits can fit in us, right? And then we've got to, like, well, the continental U.S., we're the biggest city, right? We've got we to gotta put the disclaimer out there. It's a tough city to be near one another, and we've got our technology, and we've got our gatherings. But, but nearness must be a principle for the body of Christ, an ongoing pursuit to draw near to God. He's present, not just, not just physically present, but emotionally present, spiritually present. Not just physically present, but emotionally and spiritually present as well. So nearness is this first Christian principle, close to God, near to God, but near to his people, and we are able to ascend above the fog when we have that. The second thing I see in verses 22 and 23 that is so ever-present for uh, this family here, these, these Jewish Christians that are so discouraged is truthfulness. Really, the, the, the writer of Hebrews really underscores this as he says, to draw near in what way? How are we to draw near? Physically, no, to draw near with what? A sincere heart, a, a truthful heart. Like not just a fake, fraudulent version, but the real thing drawing near to God. Not just pretending, not just going through the game. I, I love it when folks come back from New York City. Uh, anybody ever been to the city? I know we've got some folks who are from the city. Uh, I love it when folks come back from the New York City and they come back bragging about all their designer goods that they purchased. <laughs> they got the Hermes bag and they got the, the Gucci watch and they're just so excited about the deal of a lifetime that they got on the street corner on the blanket, you know, or over in Battery Park. They're so pumped about it. So excited. And then there's that one friend, and, and you probably are that friend, many of you, that said, hey, you know that's fake, right? You know, you know that that $2,000 bag you picked up for 50 bucks from the guy on the blanket, that's not real. No, it's real. He told me it was. There's a logo inside. It's the real thing. Come on, anybody else ever owned some fake designer goods and tried to pull it off like it was real? Okay, just me? Okay, just, just me. <laughs> So I'm talking about my own story, right? We come, and it's truthful. Actually, I remember being there one time, and, uh, and I bought um, uh, a DVD. Uh, I was like a teenager. A DVD of this old movie called A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You've probably never heard of it. That's how good it was. Um, I picked up this, this DVD on the street, on the blanket, and was super excited. I just thought it was cool. It was a cheap DVD. Got it home. I sort of thought it was a real thing. I knew about bootleg stuff. Well, I got home, and it was like straight up bootleg because his boot and his leg were up in the shot, and the camera was shaking the whole time. I lasted about 30 seconds, and I'm like, ah, I just turned it off. I shut it off because I was not looking for the fake version. I wasn't looking for a knockoff. I wasn't looking for a bootleg version of it. I was looking for the real thing. I was looking for the real thing. And I think for so many of us, so many in our society, we've, we've become okay. We've, be, we've convinced ourselves that the lesser gospels, the false gospels of the moral gospel that says, if I just am good enough, then I'll kind of blend into this family, even though I am not coming drawing near with a sincere heart. And we've been okay with that. And then there's others who, and, and per, one of the most prevalent ones is the social justice gospel, which is, hey, if we just need to go out and do more in our city, and once we do enough, then, and you're not doing enough, so you need to get your life right, because you're not, you don't care enough. 
And it's become its own gospel into itself. Or, of course, you, you know about the prosperity gospel. That's just about what we get in this relationship with God. And, and look, here, the true living gospel that is Jesus Christ, has it, it bleeds into all those things. It, it causes us to do good works, right? The, the, that stuff matters. It causes our, tr- our character to be transformed and, and to live a moral and holy lifestyle. And, and we do come to understand what it is to be blessing. But so many of us, we've just, we're just accepting that. Some of us watching on online in the room, like we've accepted the counterfeit as the real thing. We've accepted religion and going through religious motions as the real thing. And what we find is that we're hopeless. We're not happy. And the other side of what takes place is people that, that know you're a Christian, that say you profess that you're a Christian. They come to you looking for the real thing, because you're the real thing, right? And then they do what I did to a league of extraordinary gentlemen, and I'm like, nope, that's fake. Don't want to see it. And I'm not here to blast anybody who doesn't have a continuity of character between their private life and public life. I'm not here to, to blast anyone who finds themselves caught up in just, just distraction, discouragement in the season, or who, who calls out hypocrites. I'm not, I'm not here to blast you. Because I used to be that person that like called it out and I was so frustrated at the fakes that I saw. But then you know what happened is I realized that I was just like them. I was so busy like looking at the speck in their eye, I couldn't see the log in my own. And I was just as much of a Pharisee as they were. And God's calling us into not a stage performance, which the word hypocrite that Jesus calls out when he calls a bunch of Pharisees a brood of vipers, yeah, hypocrites, when he's going through this woe woe to, to whoever, the hypocrites, when he's going through that, he's talking about stage actors, people who put on a show. And here's the good news, is like the show can end and you can draw near with a sincere heart, like the real thing. And, and God is there, and, and he, he wants to have a real relationship with you, not, not someone where you play the game and you play the part until it just works out, because is, there is no hope at the end of faking it till you make it. There's not. There is hope when you say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. God, I'm broken, and I need you. I, I need you to help, help me heal the things in my private life so that I can truly worship you with fullness, God. I can draw near with truthfulness, both, both emotionally and, and physically, all the things working together. I find that so many are discouraged, and they're struggling, and, and they don't find hope right now. And I, and I just pray that some of us, we've we got to go there first. Before we can offer that to somebody else, we got to do that. And, and I'm thankful that this house has been one in which we've prioritized unconditional love and authentic community as our first two core values. Because what, what good is authenticity, authenticity and authentic community? What good is that if it's not a loving environment? And I think that's what a lot of people found. Well, I was that honest that one time, and then I just got nothing but judgment. What good is that community if it's not a loving one? And what good is a loving community if you can't be real in it, if you can't be honest? And so that's part of our values. And so I encourage you just to lean in online, create some relationships here in the house, and be truthful. Walk in truthfulness. This is how we are to live with God, to draw near to Him, to draw near to one another, and to draw near in sincerity of heart and honesty with God and with man. And the final thing that I want to look at today that we see in the text is faithfulness. 
These are three principles for how we are to live as Christians, nearness, truthfulness, and faithfulness. Uh, this, this idea of faithfulness really comes uh, out of the text for me with the verse, um, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us hold unswervingly. Does anybody else just love that word unswervingly? It just makes me smile when I say it. Just say it with me, unswervingly. You know what that means? It means looking aside, to not look to the side, to not get distracted, to not turn. And I talked about this last week. I started to preach it. I had to hold back. Last week, which is so many of us, if I can just use this as holding on, like drawing near. So, so let us hold on unswervingly to the hope we profess. Because I think so many, and when I said it last week, we haven't turned our back on God. Right? Because it doesn't happen like that. We don't go from holding on to be like, nope, this is not working out, to turning our back on God. No, what we do is we get a little bit distracted and we turn aside. I'm like, I'm going to throw a few more hours. I can't, I can't really be uh, with the body on a weekly basis. I can't really use my gifts for God because I need to focus a little more on my job. Hey, and there's seasons for things, okay? And there's grace and mercy, and I'm not casting judgment on anything, but this is how it happens. And I just want to warn you, if you are taking a step back for whatever reasons in your life, what happens is we, we turn aside, and this becomes a distraction. And we've turned our side fr- from the hope we profess because we weren't we were living off of all of our other relationships. Like we were living off of the message from the pastor, not in a true relationship for ourselves. And so as soon as we stop gathering, as soon as we, we just get, dis- and we find ourselves discouraged, well, one hand comes off, one eye comes off, and we, we try to do both. We're trying to, trying to keep our eyes on Jesus and try to keep, a, and, and then we, we find out that it doesn't work. And, and after we're, we're discouraged, then we end up turning our back. It happens. Because like, oh, this Jesus thing isn't working out. And you know what happened? No, no, I left. I, I dropped the hope to which I profess. I'm not focused on Jesus. I'm not drawing near. Because how that actually works is we kind of get distracted. And, but we keep saying the right things. And keep trying to keep up appearances. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is our Savior. I'm going to find breakthrough. There's freedom. It's all good. Say all the Christian things to make everybody, we're not truthful anymore. We're still trying to say that. And we talked about this months ago when we talked about that cognitive dissonance that comes from that. It's not our reality, but we keep saying it like it is. It actually makes some things in our brain hurt and break down. And I just want to encourage you, no matter what we're doing, make, let's not let go of the hope that we profess that is Jesus Christ who made a way for us. We can't afford to let it go. Because here, here's the deal. If we're going to live a faithful life, and, and here's what a faithful life is, it's one that's full of faith. With every circumstance and every situation, whether it's someone who passed away a year in which a, a friend of yours or a family member passed away, whether it's a circumstance of you're battling your own physical ailments, whether it's a season of depression and loneliness, just heaviness that because of what you see in the world, whether you're living in the middle of a pandemic like we all are right now, we can apply faith to that. Um, You guys know, it's just the consistent application of faith to every circumstance. That's what faithfulness is. 
applying that faith everywhere. Uh, you guys know that uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a sports fan. I love basketball and football. Uh, actually, when this pandemic really just hit the fan here in Florida uh, or, or the United States, we were down in Orlando on spring break and getting ready to go to an Orlando Magic fan uh, or Magic game. My kids like to go early because they have this playground upstairs, and so they like to, the boys like to go in there and shoot hoops and dunk on these low goals. And, and uh, I like to go early, and I like to sit down and watch uh, the players warm up. Because they're just, they don't miss shots in warm-ups. It's kind of incredible when you look at it. Uh, there's a player who, he plays for the Lakers now, but a long time ago he played for the Magic, Dwight Howard. And, and um, he's, he's known as like one of the worst free throw shooters of all time. He's terrible. He shoots like 50%. Like that's his, that's good. Like you and I could shoot 50% probably. And he's a professional athlete making millions of dollars and he shoots 50%. But it, they say like in his practices, he'll hit 99 out of 100 and so you go before the game, and you just watch these guys, and they're hitting it at a 90% clip, and then you get in the game, and they shoot 25% because the pressure's on. Drew Hanlon, one um, skills coach in the NBA, he, he said this. He goes, a skill is only truly acquired after it can perform consistently under pressure. It, after it can perform consistently under pressure, and, and faithfulness in our life is only going to be acquired when it's under pressure, when something happens. And, and that's why James says, like, hey, you're going to see this in, in your, uh, your 30-day reading guide. We're going to get to James. That's how you, like, you can look at it as joy when you face a trial because you know it's going to build some character in you and perseverance in you. And that's all going to lead to hope. If we don't let go, we're going to reap a harvest. If we don't let go. But so many of us, we just get distracted and, and, and we make all kinds of excuses and other things become idols. And we draw near, hey, I'm, and here's, here's one I hear all the time. I'm just going to spend a little more time with my family. Yo, me too. Let's spend more time with our family. But your family doesn't get precedence over your relationship with God. Amen. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about your relationship with God. And we just use that as an excuse many times. And we begin to worship these lesser gospels, these lesser truths. Is that making sense? I hope, I hope you know what I'm saying there. I hope you know my heart because I love my family. I love these kids. We just had an amazing few weeks of vacation. And, and put your family first. Make sure you're spending time with them. But we make idols out of stuff that, 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 looks, that looks like a little bit lesser version. You know, that, that sounds better. We think we're doing the right thing. Keep God first is what I'm saying because that's where the hope comes from. Because when it comes down to it, you know, this, this faithfulness that we talk about, it's a fruit. Faithfulness is a fruit. Go ahead and say it with me. Faithfulness is a fruit. Galatians 5, and 23, give us this picture of the fruits of the Spirit. Things that come out when we're dwelling with God, when we are near to God. Jesus said it in John chapter 15. If you'll abide in me, and I'll, I'll abide in you. Because here, here's what he said. Apart from me, you can bear no good fruit. There's no faithfulness when you're not near him. It comes from abiding in him. And so I, I just want to encourage you today that the faithfulness that I'm talking about, it does not come from you. Let's hold unswervingly. Let's hang on to that hope. Why? Anybody remember the text? Why? Because he who called you is faithful. He who promised is faithful. That's why you can have confidence that it's all going to be okay. Not because you're hitting 90% clip every week. 
Because that's where most of our confidence comes from. Yep, I'm doing great with Jesus because I hit 90% this week, hit six out of seven of my Bible study things. I read 10 times this week. Awesome. And that's actually a false confidence. That one will run out. The confidence that we're talking about is because he who promised is faithful. That's why we can keep hanging on. That's why we can keep trusting him despite our physical circumstances because he's faithful. I want to pray for you today. There's going to be some people up here uh, at the crosses today. Right there online, you can just say prayer. You can just drop that in the comments, and somebody wants to follow up with you and connect with you. You can always text uh, Fathom to 97000, just that text that, and just someone will reach out and would love to pray with you today. Um, We love you. I, I just want to ask you a question today. Where has faith dropped off for you? in this season? Where, where has faith dropped off? And it may be the area in which you find yourself discouraged the most, challenged the most, and we realize I've, I've lost a little bit of faith there. And I think we have an opportunity this morning as we worship and just sing about the goodness of God, we can just thank Him for His faithfulness. If we've, if we've gotten distracted, if we've turned aside to our careers or our hobbies, or whatever else. We're just trying to do this thing alone. We can draw near to the family of God, to the community of God, to the presence of God, right where you're at. Let's stand today. We're going to pray, and I want to pray for you. Just bow your heads with me. And we're talking about truthfulness. We're talking about drawing near. And so I just want to give you an opportunity with your eyes closed this morning. Just, just to be truthful with me and the Lord, <laughs> right? I just want to know who I'm praying for this morning. If you'll just be honest with me and say, hey, um, I've been a little bit more swerving than unswerving in this season. My eyes have, I'm not, I'm not drawing near truthfully and just want to be real. This is hitting home for you today. Will you just raise your hand with your eyes closed and just say, hey, I, I, need, I want to come truthfully. I want to draw near. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to pray for you. God, thank you so much for these people today. God, thank you for this opportunity we have to to fix our gaze back on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, we know that you are going to perfect every good thing in our hearts and our spirits today. God, we need to get one thing right. We need to put you first. We need to draw near with sincerity today, God, and, and faithfulness is going to follow that because you are faithful, God. You will perfect. You will sanctify us through and through. God, we, we, we draw near today in worship. We draw near in prayer and ask God as we draw near, God, would you come become ever more present in our life? Would you help us to rid ourselves of excuses and get real about where we're really at, our doubts, our concerns, our struggles, our, our pain, God, that we may draw near to you with a sincere heart and have full assurance that faith brings. God, we apply faith to every circumstance right now in our life. For those right now that are up against legal battles, God, we just bring faith to it today. A body of believers that say, God, you are going to bring us out victorious in those battles. God, for those that are, that are struggling financially, economically, God, I pray that we would be the body. We would be the answer to those prayers so many times. But God, we pray for peace and, 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 and uh, for you to just uh, sustain and bring contentment in this season. Father, we bring faith to that situation, God. For those that are ready to quit on their marriage, that are ready to quit on the church, God, I, I pray, God, right that now that you'd bring faith to those doubts, those concerns, God, that they would know through thick and thin, God, you will be faithful. God, may we draw near today in your presence. In Jesus' holy name.
Amen, amen. There's folks up here to pray with you, or even if you just want to draw near on your own, right at your seat or here at this altar, right there online, make, a, make, make an altar and draw near to God as we worship today. Amen.